Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. My name is MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for spending your most valuable resource, your time once again with me on the show. Um, check out everything that we're doing. We're up to a lot. Cashflowninja.com. There's over seven, 800 now. Time flies when you're having fun. There's over 800 podcast episodes between Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Investing Secrets on there. And then we've got a whole bunch of community tools, resources, and programs. That's cashflowninja.com. I'm really excited to be joined today by my friend, uh, Hone Tai from the Hone Zone. And uh, if you go to the Hone Zone, you'll see many ways of how you can multiply the assets that you already own. So I've been working a lot with Hone on a couple of projects, which has been awesome. We've been having a lot of fun together. So in today's um, show, we just wanted to talk a little bit. And then I also have uh, an exciting announcement for all the Cashflow Ninja uh, community all over the world and all over the globe out there. Hon, great to see you, my friend. MC, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love being on this show. <laughs> um, it's so cool because you you talk to so many different people. You get in front of so many like people who who have such influence in the world and are up to big things, and you get to pick the brain about all of that stuff. So that I love because that almost gives me access to them through you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's, uh, boy, five plus years now. And it's just, uh, it's, been it's been an incredible uh, experience to be able to have the best minds in business, investing, finance, economics, wealth advisory, have them on and uh, asking them questions that I want to ask them, learn about them, their background, how they got to the point where they are, the, 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 the frameworks and models that they built from their experiences and what, what they've learned and so forth. Um, and then also see their blueprint, right? What's the road, the blueprint that they had for achieving um, and how they got to achieve it and, you know, pick their brain. So it's been an incre incredible, um, incredible experience doing this and having a lot of fun and, I have to say, like, when I started my podcast, I committed for three years in doing this. You know, there was someone I was in a mastermind group with that said, do it for three years, make the commitment, 36 months, publish consistently top quality content for three years. Um, and I was looking at that at that point going, man, <laughs> three years. Okay, let's do it. But I've got to say, like, five years and several months into it. You know, um, it's been a lot of fun. It was very daunting when I set that target. Uh, but now it's like, you know, what, what's the saying? If you if you are having fun, it doesn't feel like you're working, right? Right, right. If you love what you do. It's like you, you never have to work a day in your life again or something. Yeah. 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 Well, what's cool about you having done all of that five and a half years and 700 plus cash flow ninja interviews later, I get to say, hey, MC what's going on in the world, right? Because you know, it's like, I get to just plug right into that. And that's really cool. And why it's even more important than ever before is the world is changing really, really, really fast. And yep. I, I sometimes have trouble just keeping up. So I turn to you for that kind of information. What is it that you see these days that maybe keep you up at night? Or what, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? What are you worried about? What are you seeing in other countries? What might you think is coming over here? What, what kind of things should we be aware of now? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and it's a deep and to question. Your point, yeah. And th that's why that's why I kind of like took the show in a in a direction where I wanted to, besides interviewing the best minds in, in business and investing, I also wanted to give all of my listeners an insight of what these very successful folks are talking about and what is discussed in masterminds and in inner circles, you know, um, what's the, what, what is said, what are people, what is, what are concerned about? So um, yeah, I mean, 
obviously the world is changing really quickly. It's changed very quickly over the past 20, 20 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things that are very concerning about. Um, so I wanted to, um, I wanted to share models and frameworks too of how to do it because the things that, that I'm seeing, um, I, I'm, I'm looking through frameworks and models to identify them. You know, and, and one of the things, for example, that I've shared on the show is the reset framework, because we're essentially have moved within the last 20 months. We've moved from number one, from uh, the regular industrial revolution, kind of the information age into the fourth industrial revolution, um, where the world has gone through significant changes before, but never so quick and right. at this speed, Right. So we've gone through, I mean, just think how crazy it was in the world when we moved from the agricultural age to the industrial revolution. You know, all of a sudden people were leaving farms and moving to cities and working in factories. And it was a completely different world um, that was evolving. We got that in like a couple of months. And then you have the great reset. um, And that is essentially systems and processes are collapsing and resetting. Um, Give us an example. What do you mean? things are resetting, collapsing. What, what are you seeing? Yeah. So with that, so a couple of pieces in the reset framework, the one is money. So we, for example, on August 15th, 2021, just had the 50th birthday of fiat currencies. Wow. Happy birthday, fiat currencies. So uh, uh, President Richard Nixon took the world off the gold standard um, on August 15th, uh, 1971. Yeah. Um, so the money system changed. And that's it. There was a reset in the money system because pr- prior to that, uh, the world was uh, was still living uh, uh, um, on the Bretton Woods money system, you know, which was established after the Second World War in 1944 at, at Bretton Woods in New Hampshire. So um, what was decided there was the U.S. dollar was the reserve currency of the world. Right. Currencies could be converted to the U.S. dollar, and you could countries could convert their U.S. dollar holdings for gold. Um, because at that stage, if you move a little bit back uh, during this the Second World War, a lot of the gold flew into the United States because trade deficits were settled still in the good old gold, right? Um, but essentially, the gold flew in into the United States because the U.S. no wars were fought on the mainland; it was fought in Europe. It was fought in Asia. Yes, we had the the attack on Pearl Harbor, but nothing happened on the mainland. So U.S. corporations were manufacturing goods and services that were needed um, for the war effort by countries. And the gold made its way back into the United States. And he who has the gold makes the rules. So the U.S. made the rules. 1971, Nixon said, hey, by the way, we've spent all this money on wars in Southeast Asia. We've spent all this money on the welfare state. and countries were seeing this, they were losing confidence. Charles de Gaulle actually sent ships to come and collect the gold in New York. Fun fact. Um, so they, they had to stop this. Um, and at that stage, the world was taken off the gold standard. So we are on a fiat currency system for 50 years. All fiat currencies and in, in their intrinsic value, which is zero, throughout history. Uh, we've had 50 years of this, usually about 30 to 40 years is, is how long a, a money system lost. And I believe through my worldview and paradigm that we are now uh, amidst a monetary reset, meaning that a new money system will be created soon. They're telling us, you know, the IMF said we need a Bretton Woods 2.0 moment. Mm. Um, We've had the world bank making statements. Uh, We've had all these different, uh, uh, you know, the uh, uh, bank of international settlements, which is the central bank. Central bank is spoken about it. Um, so I believe that we are in a process of the money system changing. What will come out of it? We don't know. Maybe it will be a basket of currencies, which will be the new world reserve currency, like the special drawing rights, the SDR by the IMF. By the way, they established that in 1969. So that was a backup plan already because <laughs> they saw what was coming in 1971. In 1969, they created the SDR. So they're like, we, we've got a backup. Um, anyway, so they have a backup now. So that's what I mean by reset. And then other systems, food systems, healthcare, um, the societal structure is, I mean, think about polarization and chaos, political systems, 
uh, is in the process of, of, of resetting. Folks are, are starting to understand that it's, it's, it's just not working. It's not working. <laughs> it's, it's not you, it's me, that type of thing, yeah. right? It's yeah. not working. Um, so banking and financial system, the debt system. Think about debt. Think about de- how much debt governments have, federal, uh, state, municipal, and so forth, um, right down to cities and towns. So um, those structures are collapsing. That's that's what I'm talking about, the reset. So you've got the fourth industrial revolution, the great reset. You've got, um, you've got massive, massive changes in the economy and business because right. of the fourth industrial revolution. And so the things that, that I see, which is very, very concerning, is number one, you know, anybody that values freedom, individual sovereignty, that is going to be a very big theme, a core theme right now. Um, I think um, another core theme uh, that is playing out too is the devaluation of the currencies, money, um, money printing, money creation. They don't print it even anymore. Um, which will lead to more wealth inequality, um, which will provide more, I would say, societal polarization, civil, uh, I would say, uh, um, yeah, civil unrest eventually, you know, because the gap between the haves and the have-nots is just getting so big. So those are the things that I see like big, massive dangers if I look at, you know, the models and frameworks that I have. Wow. Wow. That, well, that's that's a lot of different things. That's a lot of different things to think about and to figure out a plan around. So based on all of that you just said, right, there's a great reset and fourth industrial revolution. And, and it's like overwhelming to just think about what are you mainly focused on doing personally? What do you do with all that information? What are you, MC Lobster, doing with that information? Yep. That's a great, great question. So I talk about a strategy that I talk about. You have to build your arc. Okay. You got to build your arc. You got to, you got to go, you got to go Noah here. Um, and you've got to build your arc. And if you see what, what is coming and what I mean by that is, because people say, what do you mean? What do you mean that what's coming? Well, clearly you could see that, you know, a, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these uh, systems and processes are outdated. And it's just part, by the way, this is just part of history, right? We go through changes. We have systems and processes that are outdated. They collapse, either forcibly collapsed or that nobody uses it anymore, or they just reset. It's just every, every, every system and process is a life cycle. So a lot of these things resetting and collapsing at the same time is going to cause, it's going to cause some chaos. You're going to be, um, there's going to be discomfort. So you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and the first step is to build your arc. Now, how do you build an arc? Like, what do, you, what do you do when you build an arc? Well, the first thing that I would say when you build an arc is you build a strategy. You have to have a strategy. And this is a big thing that, um, that I talk about and share. Um, you have to have a strategy to position yourself, your family, your business, and your investments to not only survive, but thrive. And by thrive, I mean capitalizing on economic opportunities, which will be available in times of change and great chaos. There's a wealth transfer essentially underway. So you want to be on the right side of this and you need to be strategic about it. Tactics is not going to, is not going to win this one necessarily for you. You know, I think Sun Tzu has a saying, and you know, I butcher quotes, but essentially what it boils down to, you know, is he was talking that a stra- with a strategy, it'll take you a long time, but you will win eventually with tactics. You might move quicker, but you'll lose eventually the war. Um, so one of the greatest strategists of all time, he knew the power of having a strategy. And even if you have a strategy set up and you don't see necessarily you know, uh, results right away, you know why you have the strategy and built built out, right? Um, so that's the first thing is you have to have a strategy in place, a wealth strategy and an income strategy. So wealth strategy is a little bit different from an income. So an income, I talk about um, independent sources of income. It's going to give you options. <laughs> it's going to give you options. Um, 
And you don't want to be reliant on one. If you are reliant on one source of income, you're going to be in huge trouble in the coming months. So you want to have multiple. So in, even in your business, set up different streams of income, have different businesses, invest in different businesses. If you're working in a W-2 um, also, yeah, you want, to, you want to make sure that you have, you have a side hustle, you know? Um, which I know that you've helped a lot of people escape your nine to five with, with side hustles and, and getting off the, getting that off the ground. And then right. with your wealth strategy too, you want to have independent income sources from different investments. So you, I mean, you don't want to be reliant on one or even two. Uh, so you need a strategy. The second thing, and um, I'll just share three points of what I'm doing. Besides having a strategy, besides focusing on independent income sources for business and investments, um, besides having a, a strategy uh, for um, positioning ourselves to be on the right side of this, you want to be part of a community. Got to go tribal. Got to go tribal. Got to go find those like-minded folks that are um, also building their arcs and collaborate with them and right. partner with them. And you can find them all over the world. You can find them in your backyard. If you cannot find them in your backyard, which I've heard that a lot of people tell me, um, you can find them all over the world. You know, um, you could tap into the power of community. I've learned so much from our community. Uh, it's, it's quite incredible. So you got to go tribal. And then the third thing is you got to decentralize. So when Systems and processes break down. Do you want to be reliant on them, knowing that there's a high probability that they're coming down? No, <laughs> you don't. So when it comes to money, how do you decentralize? Well, you could become your own bank by holding certain cryptocurrencies. How do you decentralize to a banking and a financial system? Well, you can create your own banking system, you know, with a strategy that, that we teach, right? You and I both share that message of uh, structuring your own banking system through insurance products. Um, you want to have a, a, a decentralized uh, strategy, for example, for food. What if, and people thought I was crazy when I said it, and now I'm getting you know, pictures sent <laughs> of all the stores that they're in uh, right. where there's no empty shelves. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's empty spaces on shelves. Um, you want to have you want to have food. You want to have emergency food, and you want to have enough food now for at least twelve months. Um, and it's it's just an insurance policy. Uh, I hope to never ever ever eat my emergency food, just as I hope to never ever use my car insurance. Same philosophy. Same it's, same philosophy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same philosophy. But and then also grow your own food. Have water resources. Have generators. You know, if you think about it, you know. Um from the sense of being decentralized. No one's coming to save you, number one. You need, you need to be your own savior. You need to be the hero for yourself and your family. You need to be a leader. So what happens if the, there's a power outage, right? Well, there's the, the power goes out in the house. Uh, all of a sudden, in some homes, water stops working. Um, food starts to go bad in refrigerators. So what do you need? Well, you need food. You need generators. You need access to water. And then, of course, there will be undesirable characters trying to capitalize on their economic opportunities when power goes out. So you need a, a, a mechanism to protect yourself and your family. So these are just little things, but you could do it in every system, whether it's a food system, a health system. Hey, lose that COVID-19 pounds, right? right? So the 19 pounds picked up during COVID. Um, yeah. uh, lose that. Get healthy. Get in the best shape, mentally, physically, spiritually. Um have the medicines on hand that you need 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 to have on hand. Um, so those are just some of the things that I would I would share. Those three things: strategy, com community, and decentralize. Build your arc. So strategy without tactic is the slowest route to victory. Tactic without strategy is the noise before defeat. There you go. <laughs> That's the one. That's I knew you would one. help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, these are very powerful quotes and it's it's words to live by. Um, with with all of the things that are happening, I guess ultimately what you're saying is think about foundationally what will you need and how do you secure and mitigate all of the risks foundationally. So you're talking about health and you're talking about food and even where you live. Yes. Uh, income, wealth. How do you how do you 
hedge against inflation. Maybe you buy assets that appreciate with the inflation. That's right. right. So that this way you're not left behind. Your income diversifies so that no matter what happens to any one industry, you you're not at a full loss. Right. right. In terms of food, don't be dependent on one source. That's like what I talk to people about escaping their nine to five. The thing that I find most risky about your nine to five is usually that's your only source of income. And if that's your only source and that goes away, number one, you're disrupted immediately. There's just a big shock to your system. Yep. And then number two, most likely you weren't preparing for such a shock. And so when you get out into the working world again, you're scrambling to try to figure out how to create that income. Your first step is to look for another job. What, but what if you can't find another job? And then you're like, okay, well, I'll start a business. Well, you haven't been preparing the skills in order to be able to start a business quickly. Starting a business is a skill. And if you don't use it, you lose it. And most yep. people actually never even had it. So in that same thought process, what you're saying is think about the foundation of your life. What is everything that you're going to need? Medicine, yep. food, water, energy, shelter. And how do you protect all of that so that no matter what happens, you're good. You and your family are good. You got to protect yep. it. You got to grow it. You got to multiply it. All of that. <laughs> yeah, you do. And, and I would say this, you still have a window of opportunity. It might be slim. It's the door slightly open. Um, so you need to make the hard decisions now. The door yeah. is slowly but surely closing right. on being able to do it. that. We're watching the floodwaters rise, right? You're it, saying build the ark. We're watching the floodwaters rise right now. It's coming. It's coming. You have a window of an opportunity. Um, and 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 again, when I said this 18 months ago, people rolled their eyes. But now you have folks that no longer are employed. They cannot find any employment because of the decisions right. that they've made that are in the best interest of themselves and their families with regards to mandates and passports and all that kind of stuff. Right. right. So if you, if you got ahead before this, then you have options. And that's why, you know, I shared a while ago and even in our community, make the hard decisions while you have options. Yes. Because eventually you will have your back up against the wall. There will be no options. There will be no door open. And the water is now, I mean, it's now shoulder level and it's still rising. Um, right. And you don't you don't have an arc to escape to. So right, um, right. you have to make the tough decisions now uh, when you still have options. Right. Um, and because, again, we no one can see the future. It'd be great. I mean, just think of, of all the, uh, you know, the gambling profits we would make another source of income. That would be if you could see the future. Right. But right. no one can. But the probability, if you look at history, you saw what happened, how we got here you could see the probability of outcomes that this is only going one way. And it's not the trends that are concerning. They're not getting better. Right. Right. So the, um, if you think about like what you're calling the insurance policies, like with food and things like that. So the downside, if you had 12 months of food, let's say the downside is you bought 12 months of food and it's, staying in storage, right? And so you either yep. have to take care of that or make sure that things aren't expired, whatever, right? You got to do some work. That's the downside. Worst case scenario, you're out of the money that you use to buy the food. Now you could always eat the food, but you're out of that money. That's the downside. The upside is if you actually needed it, you have it. Like it's amazing that you actually have it. So you could even do a cycle where you're just changing habits. Like you eat the food from the, the pantry every month. You eat the, the first in, first in, you eat yep. first, and then you're just constantly cycling. You're, re, you're replenishing with new food. So you're yes. eating the food before it expires. So it's just a new habit. Downside risk is that you have a pantry full of food. The upside is like, oh, you and your family don't starve. <laughs> you don't have to go out to a supermarket with a shotgun and try to fight off other people for the last loaf of bread. So that's, that's the kind of things that people have to think about. Exactly. And you can donate, even you could, let's just say there's six months left or three months left. So now you can even donate that to a food bank because they'll eat it, you know, or within that three months, and then you replenish your stock again, that's good for another year or two years. Um, And then the other thing that I would also say is, um, you know, again, folks, you, when you learn human psychology, think of what happened with toilet paper. Yeah. You when see people were in lockdowns, they, they turn that's, immediately. 
That's TP. That's toilet paper. It's not, not a necessity. Yeah, this is a noodles or, you know, or, right, or right. beans it's, or something that could it's not, protein it's not, or something. It's not food. It's not food and it's not medicine. And they were that crazy. Imagine if it were food or medicine or yes. water. Yeah. So people will change. Uh, and we got to see that a couple of times. So we got the TP when the pandemic first happened and then Hurricane Katrina. Yes. So you saw the people, how they reacted in Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans with like the shortages of everything. And it's just people will become different people when put in different environments. And when it becomes an environment where it's me or you that and you have to make that hard decision there, you, you see a different side of people. And hopefully we never have to see that side of most people. No, bad side. No, and we just we have listeners in South Africa too, and a lot of folks there just recently when they saw really you see you have an insight of what happened in KwaZulu Natal when it breaks down. It's not pretty. It's not yeah. pretty. It's uh yeah, all of those zombie movies that you saw and all of the 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 craziness. I mean, it's it gets it's very chaotic. Um, so if you have prepared and you've seen what's coming. You've positioned yourself, your family, and your business and your investments. Then you've got an ark. You've got a boat. Yeah, yeah. And and you got to build the ark while the, the ground is dry. It's tough to build the ark while it's raining out. Very hard. It's really tough. <laughs> and that's the thing. Most people think everything's going to be peachy forever. And the way things are today, they think that's how it's always going to be. You always, It's like we're, we're all turkeys, and we've gone from January to October, and everything was peachy. And then come November and all of a sudden that farmer who's been feeding you every single day, he's all of a sudden a different person. Yes. And your life changes like that. You got to be careful of Thanksgiving when that comes, you have to be careful <laughs> and you got to prepare now. Um, when I had a, when I had a nine to five, I, I actually would always worry about getting let go. But that was always one of my biggest fears because I was, and, and rightfully so, because yeah. I had so much depending on that income, right? Everything was dependent on that income. So why would it be weird for me to actually think that something could happen with that? So in, in the event that I got derailed, I wanted to have other sources of income. So yeah. I invested in real estate, right? So I bought my first six unit apartment building while working a full-time job. I studied while at work so that I can learn how to be an investor. Yep. So then one day it actually came. The farmer came with the ax and boop, I was Thanksgiving dinner. So I was no longer working. Luckily for me, I had unemployment and I had the income from the real estate. So then when, when I was a free bird, when I was free, I was able to go do more deals because I already had the skill set before getting let go, right? Having yep. that skill set before. So then it wasn't so scary. So yeah, this is that time though. Everybody needs to worry about getting their head cut off like a Thanksgiving turkey because it could happen. You can, And you can be let go because of something as little as not wanting to get the vaccine. Yeah, Mandate, right? Will cause you to lose your job. It's already happened to a lot of my friends. Now, right or wrong, choosing to get the vaccine or not. I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but it's a choice that I think people should have. And if they yep. have that choice to not get it, to lose their job is, it's a difficult situation for people to be in. And not mo most people are not ready for that situation when that arises. So, yeah. And, and you're going, like you said, you're going to, you're going to, uh, at some stage, have your back up against the wall. And it's to your point that, you know, everyone should have the opportunity to make the best decision for themselves and their families in all areas of their life. And they should respect the decisions that everyone else make <laughs> the best right. decisions for themselves and their families. Uh, I know my listeners are like, yeah, that's, that's a, that's how a free society operates. MC. we, we, <laughs> we get it, but yeah, yeah, that, that's how it should. That's how it should be. But unfortunately that's not the world that we live in. So we have to play what's in front of us. Yeah. Uh, we have to live in this, uh, you know, I'm not going to even call it a new normal because it's not normal. It's just that it's just not normal. So, um, you know, so you're going to have to navigate and adapt and adjust and, and, and make some things. And one of the things to do is building the, the arc with those, those three points, strategy, community, and decentralize. 
decentralized, having multiple streams of all kinds of things, multiple streams of income, multiple streams of food, multiple streams of protection, multiple streams of everything that you depend on. Yep. Super, super, super important. So in terms of um, learning more about how to do all of this stuff, you wrote a book based off of the 700 plus people you interviewed over the years, and you've condensed all of that knowledge into one easy to consume book. What's it called? Uh, 21 best cash flow niches. That's right. right. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited because like I said, I, I turn to you to know what's happening because you have that pulse or you have your fingers on the pulse and you're like my local celebrity to all of the famous financial people that I follow. Right. So you're, you're my in with them. And now you create the book so that anybody now can have access to all of these people. And it's just the best of the best, right? It's like, hey, here are, here are the messages that I've gotten condensed to a way that you can digest it. So let's talk more about that book. Like, yeah, yeah. Up, so how did, you, how did you even come up with the idea to do that? That's the big announcement for all, everyone. The book uh, is out, uh, the 21 Based Cashflow Niches. It's funny, we were... We were joking around beforehand because I said I included, of course, and my listeners will know there's five bonus niches. I yeah. always try to over deliver. So there's 26 total, but you know, 26 cash flow niches. 20, that's not gonna yeah, sell. Yeah, sound, not marketing sell that well. But the 21 uh base cash flow niches. So yeah, so the the question that kept coming up, and it kept coming up was MC, you've interviewed all these people. How what are some of the most interesting investments that have been shared on your show? What are some of the most interesting investments that you've come across? Like what, what have you seen? Um, and it kept coming up over and over and over. And eventually I said, you know what? I have a book here, you know, just like I get all of my ideas from my audience, right? I, I had a, uh, an inbox that blew up with crypto and blockchain questions. So I created a program for that. <laughs> I yeah. folks that wanted to learn how to, start a business, grow and scale a business right now. So I created a program for that. Uh, right. I had folks that wanted a, a strategy, um, figure out how to create their own strategy and, and have the tools to navigate all of this. Um, so I, I built a program for that. And for this, I was like, all right, let's do this book. I think we've got a book idea here. Yeah. Um, and then spoke to a lot of folks that, uh, that have published books and have bestsellers and New York Times and Amazon bestsellers and uh, I asked if it was a good idea. And they said, why haven't you written the book? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I guess that's a yes uh, for a good book idea. So, yeah. yeah so in the book, I cover um, a couple of things that I've learned from it. You know, um, the, the most frequently que asked questions really address it all in one book. Why do people struggle financially? What do the wealthy do different than everybody else? Um, what do they invest in? What are the 21 best cash flow niches or the best investments that you've seen uh, or people have shared on your show? What, how, do I, how, how, how can I invest in it? Where do you find these investments? How do you find the the best in available investments in those niches consistently? So I try to um, I put that all together in a, uh, in a book, um, about 150 pages. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been a, you know, it's been a great experience writing it. Uh, a lot of, uh, reminiscing, you know, you get nostalgic of yeah. all the people that you've interviewed and look at the old shows. So, um, I put together the book and then I also wanted for our listeners and for our community, uh, when they eventually buy the book, they get access to, not only the physical book, but the digital version of the book, the audio version of the book. And then wow. also I curated these interviews. So you don't have to listen to all 700 plus shows to find them. Right. I curated them all in one place for you. Um, and then I also added some bonus interviews with some of the, the cash flow ninjas that I interviewed, but it's been a, it's been a lot of fun and long overdue. I waited five, uh, well, yeah, five and a half years for, yeah. for the book. So it's here. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the perfect time. This is where people need to learn about these things. We were just talking about diversifying your streams of income. And here you have a book titled 21 Cashflow Niches. And that allows people to start building their strategy 
that works for them. They're, everybody's life's unique. And so there's not one type, one life fit all. Yep. So this book is going to allow people to consider how do they want to build their income streams that yep. works within their life and their the confines of their life, whether it's the time, the time commitment, or even like the financial or the, I'm sorry, family dynamics, like, yep. can they commit to this or that? So there's different strategies based on everybody's life situation. So this book allows you to create that strategy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I share the difference between the different approach of cash flow investing uh, versus the model that is really uh, sold uh, everywhere else, which is the accumulation model. Um, So I go into the difference between that, how to create a strategy is also shared into the, in the book, the different parts of it. And basically I picked up that blueprint from the cash flow ninjas. Every right. single one have them. You know, the pieces in there. You know, they all create cash. They all make money somehow. Right. Then they cash capture. They protect it. They put it somewhere. Then right. they produce cash flow. So they invest in, in, in these assets for cash flow. Uh, then there's also assets that they position for growth. And then they cash control. They protect protect all these things. But yeah, it's going to give you the framework. It's going to give you, it's going to share what's the different approaches. It's going to share with you. And this might help people decide whether it's a better fit to be an active investor or a passive investor. Right. You know, and I talk about leveraged investing. I prefer that term over the passive in investing because it's not passive. It's passive for you, but not for someone else. You're just leveraging the skill set capabilities, the unique talents, the relationships, the credit, and the networks of someone else, right. uh, which is very powerful. It's a multiplier. That's how you can invest in, in all of these. Um, and then I get into the niches. And one thing that I will share too is folks have always said like, man, how do you, there, there's so many niches and so you're, you're involved in so many different things. How, how do you do, how are you able to do that? Shouldn't you focus? And I said, I do have a focus. I am very focused. My focus is people. So I find the right people, you know, personally, that's how I do it in those niches. And then I invest with them and I immerse myself in every, if I invest in a niche, I, I would immerse myself in that niche and then I would find the best people in there to help me execute. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of been the, the approach with that. Right. And it goes back to what you said with the community or the tribe, it's, it's getting around the people who are best at whatever it is that they do where people, I I want, I don't want to even call it like a mistake, but where people, uh, tend to kind of minimize their growth and success or likelihood of success is when they try to be everything in all situations. When there's ease, someone who can do it way easier and better than you, and there is a happy medium where you guys can share in the success, and the success will be that much bigger and better if you were to include other people. So that's the that's the mindset that people have to get out of, of that you have to be the everything. Now, strategy-wise, learn all of the strategies. But then after you learn the strategies, you know, our favorite guy, uh, Dan Sullivan with the who, not how, figure out who you need in order to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. After you learn all the strategies, and then you figure out what strategy is right for you and your family, then you figure out who you can bring on to help with the plan. So it's not how you can do everything. It's who can you bring on to help you? Yeah. Voila. That's how that's how the rich get richer. That's how the successful get more successful. That's how you increase your probability and chances of success. That's it's and it's a solid plan. Once you think about it for one second, you're like, well, that makes sense. Yep. But most people don't do what makes sense. We just do what we're taught. And for the longest time, we've been taught just focus, like no cheating, look on your own paper. Right. When you take a test, you do it all by yourself. But in the real world, we do things together. Right. But we're, we're, we never like break out of that model and are taught to work with others. That is something that we have to learn. And by talking to people like you, you learn it. So um, real quick, I know we have to wrap up soon, but uh, I was curious, what are some of your favorite uh, niches from within the book? Just to give people just the slightest little taste of what to look forward to. 
Yeah, there's some there's some great ones. It's uh, tough to tough to narrow them down, but I'll share I'll share three. So, um, well, the first one I'll talk about is um, yeah, hospitality investing, which is under the real estate banner. So there's, I mean, talk about an opportunity right now in that space. Um, and I share two strategies there. So the first strategy that I share is the luxury short-term rentals, which mm. because of the changes in the economy and, oh, wow, like that has blown up. I mean, people that have built businesses, Airbnb, VRBO, you know, short-term luxury rentals uh, in desired areas have done very, very well as investors because people no longer travel large distances. Uh, there's not as many overseas trips. If you just look at the, the, the numbers of traveling, it's down significantly. And yeah. at, the t- at the time that we're recording now too, it's, it's way back down again. Um, but yeah, so people will rather have a local vacation, drive to a you know, two, three hours to a destination and stay in a short-term luxury rental for a weekend uh, for a getaway. And and folks have done really well. I've personally, I've taken advantage of that during this time and uh, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, it's been great. And the other uh, one in that niche, obviously, is, is one that I personally am involved in with historic resorts, which I find it's, it's very niche. You know, it's very niche in hospitality then in hotels and resorts, and then in resorts. I mean, that very niche, historic trophy resorts close to major markets, um, which has a very powerful business plan, very specific and focused, um, has been a fantastic area. And it's been one of the uh, best investments that I've invested in. If I look at the growth and the performance of that investment, and most most people would fall off their chair and say, what? Like, was hotel hospitality resorts now, like the MC, have you been around the past 20 months paid attention? I'm like, yes, but it has to be very niche. Um, and it has to be positioned a certain way. And this ties into my, you know, the way that I see the world that even through this chaos, there's so much, uh, too many opportunities really almost to capitalize it. Right. A lot of problems, a lot of opportunities. Um, so that's one is, um, real estate and more specifically the hospitality investing, then I would also share agriculture. You know, you think that there's a lot of opportunities in agriculture before, just white. Um, you know, Jim Rogers has spoken about this, right? Where he said that uh, many books, and this is almost 10 years ago when he said that that um, farmers 10, 15, 20 years from now are going to be the ones driving Ferraris and Porsches. Said, well, the hell, they will have to lift it up a little bit and get some stronger wheels on those. But right. yeah, they... <laughs> Yeah, and and it's so true. I mean, the opportunities in in agriculture, and there's many different niches, obviously, in agriculture. It's huge. Um, one that I found really interesting is teak. The investment in uh, teak um, and 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 timber, more specifically teak. And most people that have tried to build a house can probably relate to that. That's gone through the roof. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that that I've learned stabilizes a portfolio really well. You know, when I was doing my research on this, after I interviewed a guest on this, I was looking into this and I'm like, wait a sec, all of these institutions, you know, family offices, um, endowments like Harvard University's endowment has a massive position in teak. And I'm like, whoa, what am I missing here? And then I saw Ted Turner owns acres of teak, um, many other very, very wealthy folks, acres of it. And then I realized, man, well, what happened in 2020? The trees grew. <laughs> what, what happened 10 years ago? The trees were growing. What happened 15 years? What's going to happen 15 years from now? It's going to grow. Uh, so there's going to be a demand. It's specialty. It's also very niche. But I found, I found it fascinating, that area specifically, and saw how it ba- rebalances a portfolio uh, very well. Uh, and then the third one that I'll mention yeah, for those folks that are interested in crypto, it's a very straightforward crypto cash flow strategy. Most people think when they think crypto, besides thinking of doggy coin, Dogecoin, they think of an Elon Musk, they think of, you know, you buy a coin and it either goes up and you make a lot of money or it goes down and you lose a lot of money. <laughs> um, but there's, a, there's another way. Um, there's several other ways. Of course, we've got a program about it um, at cashflowninja.com forward slash uh, crypto, but essentially 
the stablecoin cash flow. Stablecoin is a coin backed by an asset. Um, so you get a, a couple of different ones of them. You get like um, stable coins backed by currency, stable coins backed by uh, commodities, such as gold, and, uh, gold for example. Um, the stable coin strategy is the, the, the US dollar backed one, where essentially you can buy these coins. So it's not volatile. It's just backed by the US dollar. Um, and then you could put it on lending platforms and earn interest. You know, you can earn a very nice uh, interest, which is taxable, but it provides, if you're a crypto investor, it provides cash flow every month, which we like on this show. Um, and it also provides stability to a crypto portfolio. Um, there's a huge demand for it. I mean, uh, because you would need, for folks not familiar with crypto, it's going to be a little bit difficult to explain this in a, in a, in a short amount of time, but essentially... Um, you need stable coins to move in and out of exchanges, and then you can convert it into uh, cryptocurrencies. Traders do it a lot. So there's a lot, there's a demand for it. And then folks that bought Bitcoin at 300 bucks, if you listen to this show, or I think it, I had my first guest on when it was 600, um, if you bought Bitcoin and listened to the show at 600 bucks, then you would have a, you know, a problem if you sell it now. A pretty a big capital gains tax. So what a lot of crypto investors do is they get loans in stable coins. So there's a demand for it. So you as an investor can buy stable coins, put it on a lending platform and earn a nice return. I think it's around about 5% right now, which is taxable, but it provides nice stability. And it's a great, very simple cash flow strategy, uh, which we share in our crypto course, along with all the other different strategies that we talk about. Right. But um, what's what might have slipped under the radar, what you just said, is one of the tricks that the really rich do to stay really rich is if they need money and they own an asset, you don't sell the asset. You just borrow against it because then right. you don't have to pay the tax on it. You use the money. You use that money to go buy more assets. And That's then right. the income that you generate from these additional assets pays off the loan. And now you have more assets. And you still don't have any capital gains. It's a crazy thing. It's yep. a crazy thing. But it's I, you know, powerful, you it's so powerful quick. stuff because that's that's essentially and that this is this is uh, this just came out by the way. Not picking on Elon, fellow South African, but he, uh, it was uh, there was a lot of anger because um, Tesla released statements essentially and showed the amount of um, uh, stock, personal stock that Elon had of Tesla that he borrowed against, and they're like. So he's, he's, you know, he's not paying taxes. Yes, it's perfectly legal. It's called asset-based lending. So he takes his Tesla stock, he places it as collateral, takes borrows against it. Uh, and then that's how he invests in other companies, all of the many things that he's involved with and, and so forth. And you could do the same thing with any asset clause, right? So we, of course, teach how folks can do it with their life insurance, which makes money work in different places doing multiple things, but you could do it, you know, gold and silver, you know, folks would never sell their gold and silver. Why would you just a, just a legacy piece, have the gold and silver, but you can borrow against it and buy real estate, their cash flows there. There you go. Um, the same thing with crypto, the same thing with stocks, the same thing with art, by the way, believe it or not, there's institutions that do that too. Life insurance, businesses, everybody knows that, right? Secured credit line with your business where you place assets of the business as collateral and, uh, and so forth. Um, and the same thing with real estate, of course, HELOCs, cash out refis and more. Yeah. So what's really cool about the three niches that you just shared, right? You had Teak, you had crypto, and you had the real estate, but more specifically, the luxury and short-term rentals, and as well as Renault hospitality, things like that, right? Yep. The, the thing that I want people to realize is that two of the three didn't exist, let's say 15 years ago, right? We didn't have Airbnb, VRBO, yep. right? And we didn't have cryptocurrencies back then. Like we didn't really, like it wasn't mainstream. We might've had like a little taste of it, but they weren't there. So that's what you talked about with strategy versus tactic. A tactic would have been like, oh, always buy cryptocurrency. Well, what was the, the equivalent of cryptocurrency years ago that no longer exists today? You have to have a strategy. The specific tactics will change. But yeah. the strategy needs to remain the same, which is, I guess, in what you've always been saying, get cash flow. Invest That's in cash flow. 
That's exactly right. And that's the same thing with like when you like just using the crypto example, there are folks that are, again, you know, I always say you have to know the difference between whether you're saving, you're investing and speculating. So most folks, because they focus so much on the tactics, only real, they're just speculating. They're literally just buying something and hoping that Elon sends out a tweet and they make money off of it. Really, essentially, where the, the professionals are investors, they know that they're investors. So they know how to invest into that space in many different ways. And I share in the book, you know, uh, a invest, a, an investment strategy. You know, there's besides the, the stablecoin uh, cash flow, there's another investment strategy that I mentioned briefly. But there are so many, there are so many strategies, which again, you can apply that same strategy to any asset class. Uh, and if things change moving forward, you still have the strategy. You still have the knowledge. It's just a different asset class. So you have to learn about the asset class, tweak tweak it a little bit, see what the, ta- the tactics at the time is, and then you can implement and execute. Yeah. Well, there's a lot here to digest for everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was good, MC. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me on and allowing me to go through that with you. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah, having this conversation about the book, I thought it would be fun for our listeners and viewers to, to hear it in, in this format. Uh, hone for folks uh, that want to follow you, that want to reach out to you, that want to learn more about all of the things that you're doing at Hone Zone and multiply the assets that they own. Where can they touch uh, base with you? Where can they connect and where can they follow you and stay involved with all the many projects? Awesome. Well, yeah, you can go to honezone.com. You can also find me on YouTube at Honezone channel. You can Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff at Honezone. Or you can email me hone at honezone.com. And hone is spelled H-O-A-N and then zone, Z-O-N-E. So hone at honezone.com or just go to honezone.com. Check out the website, check the YouTube channel and all the other social media platforms. Awesome. Awesome. And for listeners and viewers, the book is live. It's available on Amazon. Um, you could also just go to cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. That's two one niches. Um, and that'll take you to the uh, the page where you can enter your information, which will take you to Amazon because that'll give you access to the offer. So go to cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches so that you can uh, enter your information there after your purchase and then um, get access to the offer, which is when you buy the book, you get access to the digital version, the audio version, you get the curated interviews of all of these niches that I share. And then there's also bonus uh, videos that I have there more about the niches uh, that is in there. So appreciate everyone's support and I'm pretty excited to see everyone's feedback on it. So Leave me a review. Tell me what you think, you know, whether you like it, whether I should have thrown something else in there. If I missed something, feedback is always welcome, but appreciate everyone. Again, that's cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. Until next time, live infinitely. Bye, everybody. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.